0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order, additional terms apply. Good morning and welcome to the Morning Briefing for Monday, December 4th, 2017. Coming up on today's show, we have got a good one. The Disabled American Veterans are going to be joining us in studio live in just a little bit. They're going to talk about their Unsung Heroes initiative. are going to be talking to one of their current deputy national commanders as well as a former national commander. Yeah, DAV is doing great things not only for those disabled veterans but also for their caregivers and for the people that are important parts of our disabled vets' lives. We're going to find out more about this initiative Coming up here in the first hour of the show. And then later, Dan Crenshaw is going to join us. Dan is a former United States Navy SEAL. He retired as a lieutenant commander in the SEALs. And now, well, he's going to do something that some people might say is in some ways more difficult than becoming a Navy SEAL. That's becoming a United States congressman. We're going to talk to Dan about his military career, his decision to seek out public office, and what he plans to do if he makes it into office. All of that and more coming up on The Morning Briefing for this Monday, December 4th, uh, 2017. It's Monday, Monday, gonna get down on Monday. Oh, Jake's giving me the thumbs up. I mean, his thumb looks weird. Looks like a different finger on his hand. But everybody, welcome Jake Hughes to the studio. Jake, how are you today? I'm doing fantastic, Eric. How are you? You, you (laughs) You look angry that I was singing the Rebecca Black Monday song. Wouldn't you buy an album? Let me... But let me finish before you say no. Wouldn't you buy an album where Rebecca Rebecca Black has a Monday song, a Tuesday song, seven tracks, and then remixes that could double it up to 14, maybe some acoustic versions. Oh, the acoustic version of Friday. Could you imagine that? There are people at Guantanamo Bay that would not do that to their detainees. That's true. That's true. But... There are people out there who I think would love to hear an album like that, but Jake, how was your weekend? Did you have a good one?
1: I did, actually. I finally, uh, in the mail, got my, I got a high-speed gaming PC. Oh, Yeah, a desktop. It's really cool. It's got all the lights and uh, LED lights and all that stuff in it.
0: Oh, yeah. Can you, can you set it up for Christmas where it's like red and green, or, or is it, are the light colors already set? And you
1: can't They're change? already set in there. Oh. It's a prefab. Everyone told me I should try to build my own PC, but I'm not com- <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not confident that with that yet no no, I'm
0: not going to do that Um, I I, you know we were talking about this off air there are a lot of people in both the active military and in the veteran community a lot of my friends are are gamers out there that like to play uh, a little bit of the video games in fact while I was over in Afghanistan I used to go to the German medevac tent they had a you know buddy of mine who was uh, one of a part of the general's close protection team so I travel with him a lot uh, he told me, like, yeah, hey, man, come over. It'd be very cool. We have Call of Duty land set up. You could come play with us. I went over there, and it was my first time playing video games, uh, shooting video games specifically, on a computer. No, thank you. did not work out well for me, and I was being laughed at and made fun of. In the German language, I couldn't understand most of what they were saying. It was it was a very humbling experience for someone who thought they were a pretty good Call of Duty player.
1: It's just that keyboard, like I can't use the keyboard either. The W A S D controls, yeah, I can't or the arrows. I, yeah, yeah, I can't do that. I have to have a controller. I've been playing consoles my entire life, yeah. so I'm not quite ready for that yet.
0: Yep, I mean, and and I just I I couldn't do it. It took. I got to the point where I wasn't being killed all the time by the end, but I never got good. I just got okay enough to not scrub. be embarrassed. Yeah. We went down to uh, uh, kind of a like touristy area, National Harbor, down there across the bridge from Alexandria, Virginia. I guess technically it's in Maryland. And stayed at a hotel. Just started doing Christmas stuff because my wife's going to be out of town for much of the next two weeks. So uh, we thought, like, hey, let's have a weekend with my son and take him down. They have a an indoor ice sculpture thing with Ru- the story of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, as told by the Rankin-Bass Stop motion animated um, you know, TV show that's on
2: throughout Everywhere. the holiday season
0: yeah. now. Yeah, uh, Also a big ice slide inside. So that was something that he liked a lot. And then uh, we were trying to do some other stuff like go see Santa, go see a boat parade. But he wasn't having it. He was uh, kind of unpleasant this weekend. Oh, really? Do I don't want to see Santa. Santa's boring. We're like, you're the only four-year-old in the world <laughs> who doesn't want to go see Santa. But overall... You know, it, it was pretty good. We tried ice skating with him, but uh, he's not quite at the level like he wanted to. But, you know, he, he's he's a kid, and kids get frustrated when they're not good at something right away. Um, and he particularly gets uh, frustrated, things like that. But other than that, you know, pretty good weekend. We had a good time, and then my wife left last night. So just me and the little guy doing dude things
1: all Again.
0: Week. Yeah, again. <laughs> and then next week, too. Yeah. <laughs> It's gonna be, and then after that, I guess there's a break from it for a while. I don't know. It's like is she uh, she in Houston again? No, she's in Austin today. Oh, okay. So different part of Texas. And then I think she's going to Dallas. So she's actually going to be in different parts of Texas than usual today. But hey, that's the way that it goes. All right. So coming up on the show, we're going to talk to the disabled American veterans about the Unsung Heroes Initiative, and we're going to talk to retired Navy SEAL and a Navy SEAL officer. Dan Crenshaw. And that's a, that's a a little bit different level. The training that officers go through to become SEALs is uh, even a little bit more high speed than those that the enlisted guys do because the officers are going to be held to an even higher standard. I mean, that's the way it's supposed to be in the military. Not always the way it goes in the regular (laughs) military, but in the special operations, special forces world, uh, that's the way that it is supposed to be. If you're going to be within that community and put in charge of people, you're going to have to be deserving of it. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to talk to him about that and his decision to seek out public office, not something I would ever want to do.
1: Yeah. I mean, either. I got too many skeletons in my closet.
0: Yeah. And people have said to me before, like, well, you know what? You're really good in front of a crowd and you're, you're a good public speaker. I'm like, yeah, but I don't have the kind of desire that you need to have to do that job, to put up with the nonsense of it. I just, I can't see the benefits. Yeah, I'd be too honest. I, I can't be political. Oh, yeah, that would be uh, that would be another part of the problem yeah. for me. What? Like, yeah, this is dumb. And also, uh, I'm starting my own political party, the Dame Party. It yeah. would be a
1: good one. What's, the, what's that old saying? The politics is the only game where those
0: that want to play shouldn't be allowed to win? Yeah, that's, a, that's actually, that old chestnut remains true to this day in many cases, but not all of them. We're going to find out about Dan Crenshaw and see if he is one of those cases or not. <laughs> I mean, I would hope not, but I'm not going to say. I'm going to reserve judgment until we've talked to him. That's coming up later on today. So, story that, uh, that I've seen out there that the Associated Press has is that the Army, your beloved army, Jake, if not beloved, then, you know, you're kind of liked yeah. most of the time issuing a lot more waivers for marijuana, a lot of marijuana waivers for recruiters. So, I, you know, as someone who worked in recruiting and as someone who believes like, listen, if alcohol is legal, I don't understand why this isn't. I actually do understand that it goes back to the paper companies. And there's a whole yeah. bunch of reasons about 100 years ago now um, as as to why it was uh, prohibited in the United States, but I guess the issue that many people have with the military and marijuana is it's very hard to test for it while someone is under the influence of it. it doesn't have, well, it can, but it doesn't always have the smell that alcohol gives you. The side effects, it's not, you know, you're not necessarily going to slur your speech. Um, it's harder to tell when someone is under the influence. Um a breathalyzer doesn't work like alcohol does. I mean it's just it's a little bit tougher to tell and we don't want people under the influence of marijuana while they're on, you know, watch essentially or while they're deployed. I mean I remember being in Afghanistan and and there were places alongside the road where you'd be like, "What's that?" And they'd be like, "Oh, it's where they grow the marijuana alongside of the road." <laughs> it's just where it is. Um I don't know. What do you think about the the higher number of waivers? Again, It's I'm for it being legalized. I'm not a user of it, but I I just I think that it makes sense that it's something that we could, one, make a lot of money on with taxes and all that stuff. We could regulate it. We could stop some of the violence associated with it, although the problem with that is people who are selling drugs now, uh, selling marijuana now and involved in uh, the drug trade with marijuana, if you make it legal. I don't think those guys are going to be like, well, better go to community college and get that accounting degree. You know, <laughs> they're going to they're going to continue doing something that's uh, outside the lines of legality. But when it comes to more waivers and having more people who did. Smoke weed before they joined the military. You okay with that?
1: Yeah, I am actually because, as you said, I don't have a problem with it being legalized and I don't have a problem with people using it. And you got to remember, this isn't saying that marijuana is now legal in the military, they still do random drug tests. We do, uh, we did a urinalysis at least, uh, probably twice a month at Miles at the Old Guard. That it yeah. would not a hundred percent, but at least like a fifteen percent count. So it's still illegal. So I got no problem. Look, when you join the military, everyone comes from different walks of life. Everyone lived their lives differently. The military is designed to be kind of a fresh start, sort of get you on the right path. So I got no problem with people of, oh, hey, I used to smoke weed, or I'm going to stop doing it now. I got no problem with that.
0: Yeah. Well, and and again, that's that's fine, and and and. I mean, it's, it's, I remember having the discussion with an old senior chief who was same with senior chief Weston and he was kind of my, uh, I guess he would say kind of my, um, uh, mentor while I was on board my first ship unofficial before the Navy started this official mentorship program and every junior sailor had to go around him. And- find a a first class or above to ask to be their mentor. (laughs) This just kind of happened naturally. We were in the same duty section. Um, We stood watch together a lot and he would tell me stories about when he came in and it wasn't uh, you know, there there was no testing going on at the time. So he was doing something called mess cranking, which is when you're on a ship, he was a bosun's mate. When you're on a ship um, you would be uh, working in one of the kitchens, essentially on the ship and you had to do it for six months uh, if you were, I think petty officer third class or below, definitely semen or below. And I think third class and below. And when he was doing it, he was working in the chief's lounge. And he says that either he or somebody else, I don't remember the story exactly, got caught smoking a little something in the chief's mess where the Chiefs seat got caught by some old master chief who basically beat the bejesus out of that person. <laughs> Never did it again. So, you know, it's one of those things where I, you know, I wonder what the negative drawback could be, I suppose some people would be like, well, now they're potheads going to be infiltrating the military. Listen, there are a lot of people who at least gave it a try during high school who are serving in the military without any problems. I think that you could lift prohibition on it in the United States and you wouldn't have many problems. Anything more than an initial uh, spike like you had when prohibition ended. Yeah, you
1: know? I I think that what people worry about is that oh, when we don't want uh, you know someone high on weed while they're driving a tank, and I agree with that. I don't want anyone under the influence of anything driving you know a 70 ton death machine. But again, like I said, it's still illegal in the military. You can't smoke it. So even if it becomes legal, you still can't do it. There are things in the military that are prohibited. That are legal in the civilian world, so yeah, yeah they they worry that they'll probably
0: th- have to legalize it though for the military. It'll be illegal while on duty, just like alcohol. But if 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 prohibition gets lifted nationwide, I think they're going to have to make it legal in the military too. Otherwise, it's like I mean, try to think of one thing that you can consume like that that is totally illegal in the military. I hear what you're saying, but I think it's um I think it's a little. Little difficult to say exactly that, that they're going to uh, to keep it illegal in the military. Then again, they may try to do that. Of course, with the current attorney general, I don't see the national legalization happening anytime soon. It's actually one of those things that uh, you know, we may see a little bit more prohibition going on for a little while. But the Army is granting hundreds of waivers to people who use the drug in their youth As long as they say they cannot do it again in the military and realize that they can't do it again in the military as well. The number of waivers granted jumped to more than 500 this year to less than 200 last year. So you're talking about 300 more. You're talking about a 150% increase, essentially, in marijuana waivers this year. Here's the thing, though, Jake. I would bet you that probably... 50% Fifty percent of all people who joined have smoked marijuana previously in their life, while they were in high school or while they were in college or whatever. And well, I did just didn't say anything about it.
1: Yeah, I I tried it once or twice when I was in high school, and then when they said, "Have you ever smoked marijuana?" I just said, "No." Yep.
0: Well, retroactively, UCMJ violation. Come in and get him, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on forty-five. Can you, can I'm on forty-five imagine? and forty-five now. <laughs> Could you imagine if they were to come and get you, like? Yep, J.Q.'s admitted that when he was in high school, he said this, and then he didn't say it. That would be insane. I, it would be a losing I think
1: they were more worried about the fact I didn't tell them I was on Ritalin for like 13
0: years. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, that's, that's a little bit bigger. Yeah. That. <laughs> that's a little bit more of a concern. All right, uh, turning to the court news, and here's a story of <sighs> not even a Marine. This is a Marine Corps veteran who was convicted on Friday. He's a U.S. military contractor now. Convicted of the murder and rape of an Okinawan woman and sentenced to life in prison. His name is Kenneth Shinzato. He's a former Marine guilty of abandoning the victim's body, according to court officials. Uh, She was 20 years old. She was found in a forest in Okinawa back in the springtime. And uh, that was a couple weeks after she disappeared while taking a walk. So this guy apparently uh, hit the woman in the head with a club with the intent of raping her and stabbing her to death. I mean, this was... Premeditated, um, you know. In many countries, this would be a death penalty offense. Japan doesn't have that essentially. So, uh, I mean, I think they do, but only in extreme, extreme cases. Um, so, yeah, this is a uh, another another black eye for the Marine Corps, and it's it's not even a, a, an active duty Marine, but it's a military contractor who's a former Marine who's down there. I mean, you know, the the whole situation in Okinawa. I gotta say, I think it's become untenable at this point. Where oh yeah. It's just, I mean, the Okinawans have got to be looking at these headlines. It seems every month, and it's been going on for years off and on, but it seems every month over the last year or so, there's been some issue taking place down in Okinawa. And I I remember telling you about, uh, I had a buddy who was a Navy JAG officer who was excited. He was like big into Japanese culture, and he got orders to go from Europe to uh, the Pacific Fleet and go to Okinawa. And he was like, oh man, this is going to be awesome. I'm going to finally be in Japan. Saw him a couple of years later and he was like, Yeah, it was the most miserable couple of years of my life because he spent all of his time dealing with the problems that the Marine Corps had down there uh, in Okinawa where they would be you know, confined to base, which we just had a story recently on that happening. They also had a uh, prohibition. We were just talking about alcohol, and here's an example where it actually shows, and I'm not 100% in the right, but this is a very specialized example. I think that if marijuana is legalized nationwide, the military is going to have to lift their prohibition on it, put it under the same rules as alcohol, essentially. You're not allowed to be under the influence at work, not allowed to possess it on board the ship, that kind of thing, or on board a, you know, wh- wherever uh, I don't know. Inside of a tank, do people ever have like a little bottle of something in there that they go and. Uh, no. Keep hitting? No? No. Okay. Well,
1: just. We had bottles, yeah. but there was no alcohol in it. And this is, I'm not going to mention what was in the bottles. <clears throat> was it pee? Yeah, pee, chew spit, <laughs> you know.
2: <laughs> I,
1: I, well. had a, I had a gunner that uh, it was dark, and the, the lights in the tank are blue to sort of, you know, decrease the glare. Right. And he when you. And under blue light. Water, pee, and chew spit kind of look the same.
0: Oh, no. So he, uh,
1: he got a mouthful of something he didn't
0: want. Uh, I don't even want to know. I don't even want to know about that. That's horrifying. So, but here's an example where the military has prohibited for limited periods of time, alcohol. Because a lot of these incidents in Okinawa, not necessarily this one, this is a psychopath who was looking to rape and murder a woman and unfortunately was successful in that endeavor. Um, they have banned all military service members on Okinawa from purchasing alcohol several times. And the most recent was, I think, just last month, just in November, after there was an incident of a Marine driving a vehicle uh drunk and crashed into yeah, and I mean, killed a man. Yeah. It's just I mean, okay, that's that's not as bad as what this Kenneth Shinzato is just convicted of doing, but it's horrifying nonetheless. I yep. mean it's a loss of life for something stupid like going out there and drinking and driving and doing so uh in a country where you're not used to driving probably. I mean, there's a lot of issues with everything going on over there, but They've been looking at moving the Marines to Guam. It was supposed to be done by now. It was supposed to be done by like 2015, I think, because I remember getting to Guam in 2009, and they were like five years from now, so that would be what, 2014, 2015. The Marines are going to be moving down here. There's a bunch of them coming in the next couple of years, and now the rest of them are going to be down here by 2014, 2015. Didn't happen. Didn't happen, and there's a lot of reasons for that. There are um, business owners and contractors in Okinawa who do not want them to leave. There is a vocal section of the population that does want them to leave. There's a segment of the population that doesn't really have an opinion one way or the other. I mean, it's, it's not as cut and dry as it seems. You see the protests and you hear the people saying that, you know, they need the Americans out of there. That's not the majority of people there. The majority of people there are like, all right, there's a lot of money that comes into our economy from these Marines. What are we going to do if we lose the millions of dollars coming from those Marines station there? So it's just a um, it's a bad situation, and I don't know what they do. They ha- the reason that the Marines are there in Okinawa is they're basically a forward deployed force. So within the Pacific theater, they are able to react immediately. It's not like they're coming from San Diego, uh, you know, Camp Pendleton, and then shooting out to you know wherever the case may be North Korea, uh, Vietnam, you know, wherever China. It's not like. They're going to have to take that extra, essentially at least an extra week to get from the West Coast over to there uh, to prepare and get going. These guys are ready at almost a moment's notice. There are ships over there ready to get them aircraft. There's a big air station there with the uh, the V-22 Osprey and others to get them you know, to uh, where they need to be. So we kind of need to have that ability in that area of the world, uh, particularly with North Korea acting the way that they are that's why guam is kind of an option but even guam that's a lot farther away from mainland asia than okinawa is i mean it's it's an additional like 5 hour flight south of japan to get to guam so yeah i don't i don't know man i don't know what the situation is going to remain. I mean, I don't think it's going to change all that much. It's been this way for a long time, unless you make it so that Marines aren't allowed to leave the base. They show up there like Guantanamo Bay. They work on the base. They live on the base. They leave the base. That's the only way that you're going to have this stuff stop happening overall out in town because over the last couple of decades where you've had so many issues, People are kind of, uh, anytime something happens, even if it's not as major as a former Marine and current contractor raping and murdering a woman, even if it's something not as bad as that, it's going to make the headlines over yep. there. It's going to be in, in, in bright lights. Oh, look, another Marine did another one of these things. And, uh, you know, we, we need to see exactly what, uh, what will transpire if they're going to move those Marines to someplace, um, you know, we'll, we'll have to see. This guy, Kenneth Shinzato, uh, is 33 years old uh, and gets life in jail. Uh, apparently, they say that this guy had the Daily Mail, which is a uh, UK paper that's kind of known for, um, oh, what's the word? Sensationalizing things. But they say that at that trial, it was shown that he had kind of harbored fantasies of attacking women since he was a child. I mean, that's, that's not good, and that's the kind of thing you would hope someone would figure out uh, in the ensuing years between there. But uh, he he's a crazy person. I mean, there was a quote from him during the trial when he says he saw the woman. He said, I wasn't 100% sure that she was the right one. When I looked up, I saw a red full moon, and I just knew that that was a sign. So this poor young woman you know, lost her life. Uh, it's, it's absolutely horrifying. Uh, That something like this was allowed to happen. Her name was Rina Shimabukuru. She was Kuro, sorry, 20 years old from Okinawa, Japan. So, thoughts out to her family. She was found this spring after going missing while taking a walk, and now her murderer, former U.S. Marine, current defense contractor, well, not anymore, obviously, but when it happened, current defense contractor Kenneth Shinzato has been sentenced to life in prison. And that's and we're going to have to talk to some of our Marine Corps friends about the Okinawa issue and what the answer is, or is it just, you know, deal with these things as they come up? Because they they don't seem to be stopping. Again, not everything that happens over there is as horrifying as this. The majority of things aren't. You know, you have to go back a few years to find a, a flat-out murder that took place. Uh, and, and even then, it wasn't as horrifying as this one. But when you look at the history of the Marine Corps in Okinawa over the last... I don't know, 30 years, it's just not been good. And you don't like to see that. You don't like to see that it could end up being an even worse situation where Marines are being attacked out in town because of the actions of a few. It's always the few, you know, takes a couple people to mess things up for everybody else. All right. We've got one other story that we want to get to here. And this is from a place that I am familiar with. And actually, Dan Crenshaw, who's coming on a little bit later today, retired Navy SEAL, he's probably familiar with this place, too. Talking about Joint Expeditionary Base Little Creek in Virginia. Well, they had a one of those pipes rupture down there, and 60,000 gallons of liquid poured into the surrounding harbor. What kind of liquid, you ask? Well, try to think of what the worst possible scenario would be. And you're right. 60,000 gallons of liquid. Sewage spilled down into the uh, surrounding harbor. So at Joint Base Little Creek, you had that issue take place. I mean, 60,000 gallons or 230,000 liters, if you want to be specific like that, going into the waters of Norfolk because a pipe burst at Little Creek. Uh, that is not good. They found liquid under a door at a Navy pump station at about 4 a.m. on Thursday. They stopped the bill about four spill about four and a half hours later. They say it doesn't pose a significant health risk. However, you might not want to go swimming around Little Creek right now because 60,000 gallons of liquid sewage out in the water. Yeah. You're listening to The Morning Briefing. I'm your host, Eric Dame. Jake Hughes is your producer. Disabled American veterans joining us live in studio right after this. Stick around.
2: Helping military
1: veterans stay connected.
2: We make it easy.
1: We're CBS Radio's ConnectingVets.com. Connecting Vets every day. Online and all over social media. Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. At Connecting Vets.
0: There you go. That's the song that I wanted to be on. ha <laughs> ha. Oh, it's a Monday. And every once in a while on Mondays, these computers are a little odd. You know what's not odd? ConnectingVets.com. It's your number one location and destination for all things veteran-related. News, items of note, even some entertainment, and opinions and editorials. You can find them all at ConnectingVets.com and also by following us on social media. We are at ConnectingVets on Facebook. Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And right now, uh, my apologies, I know I uh, promoted our next guest uh, coming on being Dan Crenshaw. SEAL is running for Congress. We've had some difficulties with him uh, getting here this morning, so we're going to look to have him on at some other time. But right now, Jonathan Copanger joins us live in studio along with JQ's Jonathan. Good morning. Good morning. I can pretend like I'm anybody you want me to be today if you'd like. Okay, you're a Navy SEAL. Go. Okay. Keep in mind, Don grr. Shipley's probably going <laughs> to... Did you just say grr? I did. Wow. That's... I think Don <laughs> Shipley's going to have a field day with you.
2: I could have done so much worse.
0: Jonathan, grr. <laughs> Copang, grr. That's... Yeah, yeah. There's something going on there. there. So did you have a good weekend?
2: I did. It seemed like it was a long weekend. So that was really good. Are you apparently
0: starting to grow out another beer?
2: <laughs> no, I'm back to my laziness. Um, usually, it's, I just shave once a week. Um, this weekend, even though it seemed like a long weekend, I got a little carried away. So, um, actually, my, my clipper is still in my bag. So, I never even brought it oh, out of my there bag. There you go.
0: Those people who uh, who follow us on social media, where we are at Connecting Bets, might see the video featuring uh, Jake and Jonathan, everybody who took part in the beard thing except for me, which uh, <laughs> you I got to cameo. Tell you, yeah, a silent one at the beginning <laughs> where I'm unshaven. Uh, I did. I yeah, that was. Mm, mm, check out everybody else in that video. That did not make my Saturday morning wake up all that good. Where I was like, who did best? Oh, I don't remember sitting down for this. <laughs> oh, I didn't. Oh yeah, that's uh, that's cool. Aw, poor baby. Yeah. Right. Well, you know, I really didn't want to shave my beard off, and then I did, and yeah. then I wasn't included in the last part of it. Well, because you leave early. Yeah, but I was here if for an extra stay, two hours. If you
2: would stay later in the day, yeah, everything would be fine. So basically you need to work like um 15 hour days and everything yeah. would be fine. Yeah. Or, uh, or nothing wrong with that. No. Yeah, Those
0: those those that's a great idea. And last <laughs> week I was here for like three extra hours one day and didn't still the same thing. So yeah, whatever. You know, that's cool. It's, it's just that's life. cool. Team player, you know, what are you gonna do? <laughs> Speaking of Jonathan Copanger, yep. when we speak of him, we speak, of course, oftentimes of the VA. There's a lot going on over there. We did have an update to a story that we talked about here last week um, and that we had up on the site, which uh, a lot of people have been checking out, and it's about the new VA ID card. Yeah. And you actually got us what we're told is a mock-up. Yeah. A pretty pretty close...
2: Yeah, it's like the latest one.
0: pretty close mock-up is a picture of the old Veterans Health ID card. (laughs) So essentially... If you are getting the new VA ID card, it looks like you're getting the old Veterans Health ID card just with different information on yeah. it. It's not going to have like your medical blah, 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 or whatever is on that VA health card. Because I looked at the picture that, that we were told, like, this is pretty close. Mm-hmm. And I said, huh. And I Googled Veterans ID card, and sure enough, there it was. That's yeah. what the Veterans Health ID card looks like. So no points for originality to the <laughs> VA, but if, if uh, again, why reinvent the wheel? If it ain't mm-hmm. broke, don't fix it. And this reminds me of like in my home state of Connecticut, before I got a driver's license, my mother uh, <laughs> so wisely did not let me get a license until I think I was like 18 wow. or almost 18. Oh, I was not to be trusted with the car. <laughs> the no, I turned 16. was 16. Yeah, no, <laughs> that was, uh, it was, uh, I did not get it until later on. And I did, you know, there were a lot of reasons for that, uh, that I basically hadn't proven that I was deserving of such a privilege at that point. (laughs) And that's fine. It worked out, uh, you know, made me appreciate driving more when I got it. But before that, I was able to get a um, state ID card that said, like, non-driver's license. It looked just (laughs) like the driver's license, but it said non-driver's license on it. So that's kind of what you're getting here. And, again, these VA ID cards, they're essentially just for, like, you know, Veterans Day benefits or if there's something where you might need to prove you're a veteran for – Access to something, or uh, you know, a, a discount, or something like that. That's what this is for, right?
2: I would, yeah, I would bet eventually everything is going to be merged into one. Because why have two separate things if you could just have one? Um, it seems a logical thing. Um, yeah. and VA is not good at at printing stuff out like no. this, so um, having to do two for each person is going to be a mess. Um, we're talking about millions of people. What is it? Nine million people in the system. Uh, Nine million veterans in the system, and so they're going to have to do two cards for each person. Uh, No, it's not going to work. It's just not going to work.
0: Yeah. I I had uh, the old VA ID card before the Veterans Health ID card Mm -hmm. thing, VHIC, came out. And uh, it it wasn't that difficult. Like, I went into the VA, and they're like, oh, do you have a card? No, we'll go downstairs to this guy. And it was like, okay. So I sat there, and they printed it off, and it was while I was waiting, and it took a, a few minutes. Here's the thing with this new VA ID card. It's by mail. I've had some issues with the VA and mail, so (laughs) I don't know. You know, again, I like the idea of it. I understand congressionally mandated and everything. Um, It's, I'm going to wait until I see exactly what the execution is. When I looked on the website, and you can read about this in the story, it's at connectingvets.com. You'll see a picture of an ID card. Click on that, and there you go. It's got all the information you need, the links to the site to be able to get it. All honorably or general discharged veterans are eligible for it anything other than honorable or general you are not eligible for it at this time which is touched on in the story as well uh chris goldsmith has talked to secretary shulkin about this specific issue and says that the secretary has said he's going to take a look at it because this is something like you know as as long as you're a veteran and there is a definition of what a veteran is and i guess in the constitution or something like that i don't know chris goldsmith Mm. posted it up there it was very interesting and it doesn't say anything about your your it says basically if you're not dishonorably discharged, you're still considered a veteran.
2: And I believe, I, I'd have to go back and look, but I believe Secretary Shulkin said that he would like to make sure that even veterans who get other types of discharges, but if they need mental health, that they're still able to get the the help. Um, so I think eventually this will, again, this everybody will be able to get one, and this is just my my reaction to this. I really think it will eventually be this way. Yeah. There will be ways of, of telling who gets what type of benefits, but yeah.
0: Yeah, and it's one of those things where, You know, up to this point, whenever you'd see something like, hey, veteran prices, well, how are you going to prove that? Right. Are you going to carry a DD-214 around with you? No. (laughs) right? Actually, I don't even know where my DD-214s are. I think I know where one of them is, but, you know, we're going to have to check that out. Uh, It'll be very interesting to see. And when I saw the language in the release from the VA, Mm -hmm. veterans who put in their application should get their ID card within 60 days. (laughs) Oh, we should. Should we? How about Will? Let me tell you
2: a little story about that. So, okay, we've got, again, we're talking several million people trying to get an ID card, just the staff at the VA. We're talking about 400,000. And if we just go for the ones here in DC, Hmm. trying to get your ID card for the staff here in DC has been, it's a huge joke. Back when I was working there and I would tell new people would come in, I would say, when you do this, pack your patience and you're going to have to go back at least three times, at least three times. If you can get your ID card in two trips, that was a miracle that was actual God came down and handed you your ID card because Mm. it was not going to happen through the VA that way. Usually three to five times, it's how many trips you'd have to make to go get your ID card. So if they're going to be doing this through the mail, I, and you said 60 days, yeah, I, I would love to see, to talk to somebody who can get it within 60 days. I just don't believe it. Yeah, we'll see. And they had some
0: issues after they made the announcement, which they also made kind of quietly. Like they talked about this ID card for years. <laughs> and then when it finally comes out, it's like a little link at the bottom of a website. Like, oh, hey, this is open. Mm-hmm. It's like almost like they were whispering electronically. <laughs> oh, hey guys, the ID card right over here. So they had some issues with the website. Uh, again, probably because of traffic which is what I think, and here's I get a tweet based on our conversation now that says, fix the awful VA. Well, I don't know if the VA is awful, <laughs> um, but it, the VA has some issues, and a lot of it's related to the bureaucratic nature of it and things like this where it's paperwork and ID cards and things like that. We'll see. Maybe they will prove Jonathan wrong and they will get these, uh, most of these ID cards out there in two
2: months. You're not betting on it though. Prove me wrong. I mean, I would love, I will sit here and I will say I was wrong. I will scream it from the top of the building if, if I'm wrong, but I, I I doubt it.
0: Yeah. Well, here's one of the things about the VA that I do like their ability to look at different treatment methods for different things. And this one, I haven't seen since uh, Michael Jackson and Bubbles <laughs> now were hanging out at Neverland <laughs> Ranch. Jonathan's story uh, from last week on the hyperbaric chambers yeah. being used as treatment for PTS. What the hell?
2: I know. I, don't, I have no <laughs> idea. I don't get it. I don't know, but it's cool.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, it, you look at the picture in Jonathan's story. And again, go to ConnectingVets.com. You can see it. Follow us on social media. We are at Connecting Vets Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. It's a picture of uh, a supervisor keeping a close eye on a patient as he spends up to two hours at a time in the hyperbaric oxygen chamber. Mm-hmm. I feel like someone's about to show up like a prince or a princess and give the guy a kiss. Right? He just, he's in this glass tube, and he's just laying there <laughs> silently. It's got a very Cinderella, Snow Whitey vibe to it, and it's not. It's actually a treatment method. And what is a hyperbaric oxygen table chamber do?
2: <laughs> What do they do? Because what this does is it it, um, raises the oxygen level uh, three to four times. Um, Okay. And so that forces more oxygen into your bloodstream, which gets it out to different parts of your body, which um, releases uh, different things to help you heal. Like, um, oh, what are those? Uh, It's Monday morning. I've only had (laughs) half a cup of coffee. Uh, uh, Stem cells. It releases stem cells, other things too, that that helps things heal. So how this is going to work for post-traumatic stress, I don't know. But I want to track it. I want to see because this is really cool, but it's not for everybody with PTS. It is just for certain people that are um, a treatment resistant. Yeah. So this is kind of just one more thing. Well, if this isn't working, this isn't working, this isn't working. We're going to try this along with other things too. And I really like that about the VA, how they will try anything they can to fix somebody. I don't want to say fix somebody to help somebody with post-traumatic stress.
0: Yeah. They've got a lot of things that they're working on. And again, we're not saying they're perfect. We're not saying they're Mm -mm. the worst. We're saying it's a mixture of things. But when it comes to the treatment and the treatment options, I haven't found too many people who think like, "Uh, VA is the worst. When it comes to the treatment, it's getting to the appointment. It's dealing with the paperwork. It's why do you need this from me and that from me? Where, you know, like when when I switched VA hospitals, when I moved from Connecticut to New York, it was like a gigantic pain because I had to bring records again that yeah. I'd already brought to the VA and a lot of questions about that. But I think <laughs> this story, people see it. And the first reaction is, again, if you're of a certain age where you remember <laughs> Michael Jackson and the whole hyperbaric chamber and ooh, what a weirdo. And boy, if we only knew back then how weird things were gonna
2: get. It's funny that you brought that up because my original headline was something like, move over Michael Jackson, the VA wants your chamber. And our editor, uh, the lovely and talented Abby, who is what? She's seven years old. I don't know. She's she's, she's young. <laughs> compared, to, compared to me, she's young. She had no uh, idea what people. the heck I was talking about. So yeah. I had to find the picture of Michael Jackson in the chamber. And so this is going on. And she's like, yeah. oh, I get it now. But youth is wasted on the young.
0: Well, I wonder what else he did that might be used. Like horrible plastic surgery and skin bleaching. Would that help?
2: Would that help? I don't know. <laughs> the Michael Jackson method.
0: Buying you know. a, a chimpanzee. <laughs> As a pet, having a zoo in your backyard? Wouldn't hurt. That guy had that Neverland Ranch, which, I have they sold it yet? I still don't know if they've sold it. I don't know. I think they were trying to for a long time. Just turn it into an amusement park and let people go in there. <laughs> it had a it had a train that
2: went around it. Yeah. It was it crazy. It l- looked very much like Disneyland.
0: Yeah, which is kind of what he wanted. Yeah. He, it was difficult for him to go there. And, you know, I it, <laughs> just getting off track here, but talking about celebrities, there was a picture that went viral last year of Billy Corrigan, the lead singer of Smashing Pumpkins sitting on a roller coaster at disneyland out in california with just the saddest look on his face and everyone was like you may be sad but you'll never be as sad as billy corrigan at disneyland and i just heard an interview with him recently where he was like i had a great day that day it was a wonderful day i met so many fans I had a great day people just caught this one moment so that's why you know people can't go out there but neverland ranch i say we pool all our money
2: together and see if we can put together an offer we can like do connecting vets west coast. Yeah, exactly. let's start
0: one out based out of the Neverland <laughs> Ranch, and you'll spend. Uh, we'll we'll do a live show from the Ferris wheel that he has.
2: My I bet intercom will front money for it. Oh
0: yeah, my son wouldn't go on the Ferris wheel at National Harbor this weekend. He said it was scary. I was like, dude, you were just in a glass elevator in a hotel at the seventeenth floor, and you were fine. Well, this is too. Yeah, this
2: is too scary. Need to get him over that. I, I they, just don't go on the one where the glass bottom car. I did that one with my husband. Oh, you didn't like yeah. that? Well, I don't mind him. He he's afraid of heights. No, but you yeah. can drink. You can drink on
0: that car. Oh wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. Mm. So here's a story from down in Virginia that I touched on briefly in the last segment, and that is a pipe burst in Joint Expeditionary Base Little Creek <laughs> slash Fort Story in Virginia. It's the kind of pipe you don't want bursting near the oh, ocean. No. Raw sewage, sixty thousand gallons. Going into the water again. So we're just bringing this up so that you know if you're listening from the uh, the NOB, mm. the Norfolk, uh, Hampton Roads area, uh, maybe don't go swimming this morning. <sighs> Or if you're already swimming out there and you you thought the water seemed a little little bit different than usual, (laughs) a little bit more chunky. Well, sorry. That's exactly what was going on there. Um, Yeah. So, you know, we're taking a look around at everything that happened out there. One that Jake and I talked about a little bit earlier. uh, You know, curious to see when you joined the military, um, you know, we were fighting against the British for (laughs) our independence and everything. But Things have changed since then, and bit. one of the things the army is now giving out a lot more waivers for people who smoked marijuana prior, uh, under the condition that they say, "Of course, I won't do it right. while I'm in." When you came in, when you joined the navy,
2: mm-hmm.
0: did they ask you about stuff like that? Were there waivers going on back
2: then? Um, they asked me about that stuff. I don't know if there's any waivers, but of course, back when I joined, they also asked you if you were gay. You know, I mean, there was they asked you a lot of things back when I joined. Hey. Hey, you look, guys. You're a homosexual. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I do remember them asking about drugs. Um, I don't remember if they specifically asked about weed. Um, But, yeah, they did. I don't remember too many waivers. I do remember, though, um, (laughs) this is a horrible story, Uh, the person in Puerto Rico got busted um, after a hurricane because, you know, the hurricane destroyed everything. So he thought, hey, there's no problem. He was heading downtown, getting stuff, coming back to the base and getting high there on the base until (laughs) security showed up (laughs) if you're going to do this don't do it on the base and don't do it outside i mean this is really kind of silly but yeah he got busted for that
0: we had somebody on the uss saipan get busted for doing it like in an engineering space i guess that's worse (laughs) just in the middle of the day too like i remember when they were like dude you will not believe what we caught somebody doing i was like what did you catch him doing they were like they were smoking a big old blunt down in engineering. There
2: are people in this world that just make me feel so much better about myself. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I love hearing about it. Anytime I watch a reality TV show or
0: <laughs> live PD, which I like watching uh, my wife's favorite show, Friday and Saturdays, uh, that's what's on in our house. And <laughs> that's just what it is. If there's like a good game that I want to watch on Friday or Saturday, tough. I got to go watch it up in the bedroom. We're watching live PD. And a couple of veterans on there have reached out to a couple to try and get them to come on, which would be cool. But you get to see what police deal with. Live, So it's not cherry picked like cops where they take the, the you know, yeah. the high intensity adrenaline pumping. You see them dealing with like, hey, this guy across the street, he parked his car and it's on the sidewalk and I want to walk my dog and I don't want to walk. And they're just like, oh my God, just shut up. And it also lets me know, you know, I have friends who went into law enforcement after the military. No. Yep, nope. no, yep. no, 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 <laughs> no, nope, no way. Because I would be walking around. I. You know, my body count would be astronomical if I was a cop because I would immediately just be like, nope, you're you're of no use to society. Boom. So, you. I mean, every day that I watch that show, but it does make me feel like, oh, man, I'm doing really good. Yeah, you can you can watch what some people are doing and go like, man, I am kicking butt and taking names out there. I'm actually a good person. Yeah. You know, we uh we've got. A, a whole bunch of stories to talk about uh, when it comes to veterans. The biggest one featuring a veteran is, of course, old Lieutenant General Flynn, who yeah. on Friday, it was announced that he was pleading guilty to lying to the FBI, lying to the FBI about what? Nobody's really sure right now. Um We did see that ABC had a reporter who thought he knew what he was pleading about. Turns out he was incorrect and has now been suspended for four weeks without pay. The stock market tanked after the report from ABC came out saying Mm -hmm. that General Flynn was going to say that the president directed him uh, while a candidate to talk to the Russians, turns out that uh, the the source actually told him, no, 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 no. It was while he was president elect. Mm. That's a big difference yeah. when you're during the election or post election. So yeah, uh, ABC uh, <laughs> slowly but surely came around <laughs> to changing it, and that was one of those media things that. I don't like to see where you put something out there. And then they say, well, we have a clarification yeah. a clarification. No, your story was wrong. You like, have a oopsie. correction or a retraction. It took hours for them to finally say correction, retraction. And then they suspended the reporter for four weeks without pay. Um, and it's not the first time that he's been very wrong about something. He tried to tie the, uh, who was the guy who shot up the theater in Colorado dressed as the Joker?
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. James? What was his name? I don't Something? remember his name. Yeah, yeah He doesn't deserve his name, his name. No, right. but
0: he. Um, they tried to connect him to the Tea Party, that mm. same reporter. Just uh, other questions in his history. Brian Ross is his name. Uh, but this story... Here's the thing. He was trying to find it out because I'm sitting there wondering, like, well, what exactly did he plead guilty to lying about? That's yeah. what everybody wants to know, because if he pled guilty about lying about something that doesn't really matter, just the fact that he lied, mm-hmm. you can't do that to the FBI. That's a big difference than, well, he lied about A, B or C. Yeah. But the other thing that I've seen a lot of discussion on social media over the past 72 hours is kind of the uh, the, the the bad look that this is giving to veterans that a lieutenant general, a three-star general Mm -hmm. is pleading guilty to lying to the authorities that he's involved in this thing where I think a lot of civilians think of an army general of any sort, one, two, three, four stars. Most civilians don't know the difference between, um, Brigadier, Major, Lieutenant, or General—I do. Be my little General. That's how you find <laughs> out what it is. Um, <laughs> that's all I've never I remember. Yeah. Yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cute. that's the uh, that's the little uh what do you call it? Not an onomatopoeia or whatever acronym. Ac- no. No, 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 no. It's there's, there's a term. something else. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a term for that. We'll call it remembering. We're also so good <laughs> thing. And, and <laughs> a mnemonic device. Mnemonic Ooh. device. There you go, Jake pulling it out. Brains
2: pulling it out. Brains. Brains.
0: Bottom of the ninth home run, right there. Um, the fact that a general in the military, this kind of gives a bad look to the military in a lot of civilians eyes where they're like, well, this guy was a general and there's a lot of other, uh, flag and, and staff officers, uh, former on the staff of the current president. You've got general Kelly is his chief of staff. You've got general Mattis and, you know, neither of them have seemed to have done, uh, anything wrong or untoward up to this point, but
2: just one, You know, this guy uh, who Yeah, but he was fired from Obama. Obama fired him and then Trump fired back on.
0: Trump fired him and then Trump fired him. And then there was a thing this weekend where they're like trying to make it new news. Oh, Trump says he knew that he lied to the FBI. Yeah, that was in the news story like eight months ago. I remember reporting on it. It's not new news. So there's, uh, listen, whatever he did lying to the FBI is not allowed. Uh, His whole, I, I never got what his whole deal was, old Flynn kind of watched him there and then watched what his son was doing and was just like He's just trying eh. to protect his son yeah i, mean, I get that but. it could be but what but protect him from what exactly I, that's what the question is <laughs> nobody knows we don't know what stiff. they have on these people yeah we don't yeah. know what they if anything there might be nothing oh this well, might i'm sure they have be, something eh, they got him for lying to, about did you meet with the russians no Okay. Well, you did. Yeah. Okay. Well, it was after the election, but you told us no. That's lying. To that's nothing. If it was after the election, it's
2: not a big mm. deal. But Every but it's, but it's coming... lying. It's lying. Yes. Which is a big deal. Yes,
0: it is. Lying is the big deal. But if that's all they have on him, that means nothing in the grand. But scheme that's
2: how this. they got um, Nixon. They got him for the yeah, cover. This, this guy's already gone. He's not part of the administration. But, yeah, but that's the yeah. thing. He's still yeah. lying. But if, I know. But and if he if didn't lying, need to. He he's... did not need to lie. He could have. No. He could have. They could have said, "Did you do this?" He said, "Yeah, I did that." But and what, everything would have been fine. But ev- but here's the thing.
0: What's being portrayed as of last Friday? This is what's going to bring down the Trump administration. Oh, if all he did was lie to the FBI to cover his own butt and say, like, no, I didn't do anything because he didn't think they'd be able to prove it. It doesn't mean anything for the administration. But that's the thing. We don't know. And we'll have to wait to find out. But it'll be interesting to see exactly what it was. If it was pre-election like ABC reported, that's why the stock market tanked because uh-huh. people were like, oh, boy. If if this is true, then this may mean the end of the current presidency. And then the source, who was an anonymous source anyway, so you have no idea with anonymous sources, the source came out and said, no, it was after the election. I didn't say it was before the election or during the election. I said it was after the election, which it's kind of common practice for incoming um, uh, incoming presidents and their administrations to reach out to the other countries they're going to be dealing with Mm -hmm. in the two months between there's nothing wrong with that. But if this guy thought, well, maybe there is something wrong with it. And that's why he lied to the FBI because he didn't know. And maybe, I don't know. But I don't
1: he know. This was the a, person
2: in charge of the defense intelligence, whatever the yeah, thing is Yeah, you called. think he'd know. He should know. Of anybody, he should know. He should know that when he's talking to foreign people, people that, should know. <laughs> that they're going to be recorded. I mean, he how many of these recordings has he himself listened to? He should oh, yeah. know this stuff.
0: Oh, yeah. No, it's, it's, it's very interesting. Very interesting stuff. I'll be interested to see exactly what comes out of it. Uh, there have been previous arrests, of course, Paul Manafort and that other, I can't remember the name of the guy, the the younger guy. Like Papadopoulos?
2: Uh, yeah. yeah. yeah his, I just he had like the same, his name. It's fun to say. Well, he had the same
0: <laughs> name as the dad from Webster. That's how I remember really? him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, full, like, I think it was George Papadopoulos ah. and the the dad from Webster, played by former NFL yep. star Alex Karras, yep. was George Papadopoulos. Yeah. <clears throat> Because I have to clear my throat, as I'm sure anyone can hear. You know, it, yeah, so that enough, we haven't seen anything come out of that yet. Are they building a case against someone who, if they are, haven't heard anything directly tied? Even in when people are saying, uh, you know, putting out their theories, mostly seems to be tied to Jared Kushner, who's not the president. It's, it's 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 very confusing, but I don't know. I think the veteran tie and the interesting thing is that General Flynn Uh, hasn't looked good from the start Mm -hmm. in the beginning of this whole thing. When I started hearing things about him when working, uh, for the media up there in New York city, uh, and hearing about what he was doing and what people were saying about him, I wondered exactly what was going on with him. And now eh, some of those questions I had, like, eh, should we have really brought this guy on to our administration there? Maybe that wasn't a good choice. My hip voice gets really high when I'm asking questions.
2: Puberty will hit sometime.
0: We'll see what happens, but, you know, it's this is, again, this is a veteran who's not looking so good to the public eye right now. And Whenever that happens, you know, maybe it's a good thing to let them know, like, hey, no one's beyond reproach just because they had a couple stars on their uniform. Yeah, absolutely. Anything like that. You've been listening to The Morning Briefing here on Entercom's vets.com Connecting Vets every day. See you tomorrow morning.